You good, Mark? Are you ready to pod? Are you ready to rumble? He's been ready. He's born ready. Maybe it's Maybelline. Maybe he's born with it. Hey, this is Gigi, and it's your girl Leona, and you are listening to the Haitian Millennial Podcast. Yeah, yeah, uh, all right, Milks, uh, AC, freezing it up. Yo, I'm starting this, I'm starting with this, uh, with this record, because this man said something in the beginning of the record. I didn't even know was actually what the man said. Let me run it back, run it back, run it back, run it back, run it back. This is what he said. Hold on, wait. This is what he said. Yeah. Vilks. AC. Freezing it up. All right. There it is right there. AC. Freezing it up. I had no clue what this man was saying. I thought it was just a cool saying. Until while we were on the break. I was on Alan Cave's IG. Mm. Say AC, freezing it up, and then the ice emoji. I said, "Oh shoot, AC Alan Cavit, freezing it up. He's a cold dude. <laughs> oh my god, I did not know that's what he meant. Mm. I legit just thought it was AC. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but AC air conditioning. Uh, AC <laughs> freezing it up. What? Why would he name himself air conditioning? <laughs> no, I didn't even think that. <laughs> Why would he I do that? I didn't think so either, but now that I No, AC is so luxurious. Oh, I see. Oh, run it back, run it back. In Haiti, we don't really get AC like that. Not so in America, they ain't really hit us like that. No. But AC, Milks. hold on. Yeah, AC, freezing, freezing it up. up. Oh, so it's like... Yeah. Yeah. All right, Gigi. I didn't even they put, put it below 78. <laughs> that's Why not, is your air conditioner see, on? See, that's not recommended in Haitian. <laughs> <laughs> Why is your air conditioner on in 78? 78. That's how Haitians love it. Hey. Hey. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Please, baby, make the AC lower. Please, baby. What up, what up, what up? Welcome to the Haitian Millennia Podcast. And this is episode what, 17? 17. It was good. It was good. We almost legal to leave the house, but we're gonna talk about. Never mind. <laughs> I'm Mark the Dreamer, and to my right, I have it's Gigi, y'all, the realist. And then to my left, listen, y'all know I was gonna be here, and it's your girl Leona. Leona, what's good? We here. We here. We started with AC, but the only reason why I started with AC is because I think somebody in the Haitian music industry game don't get as much credit. Mm. And the only person I'm talking about is my man Mumbakunsa. So Mumbakunsa, just stop listening to the podcast right now. This is my man Dun Junior. Okay, I feel like we give so much prop to Alan Cave. He's cool, but sometimes we got to go back to the old school. Like as a you know as a millennial, I feel like this is the R&B that I kind of like grew up on. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if y'all can relate. But this is, this is, you know what I'm saying? This is my man. And you just gotta, 
if if Alan Cav is the king of R and B or Compa Love, I should say. He's the prince, all right? He he put his he put his stamp down, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? So it's only right we start episode 17 with my man. Sorry, y'all, my playlist is all like, yeah, all up in there. <laughs> yeah, um, and this is another record. This one, um, this was like the house party days, like a little bit after high school, you know, when you go to Haitian house party. This record right here, it's like when it comes on, like the girl you was kind of eyeing, like, you know, she could dance. And you're not really like, you know what I'm saying? You're not really from that side of town. Like, just right. say you were, you were going to party in like Rio Grande, Oak Ridge area, you know what I'm saying? And you're from like Pine Hills area. You might go to a party, you don't recognize none of the girls there. You know what I'm saying? But when this song come on, this is where you find that girl that you kind of saw that you want to dance with. You know, she, not, you know, she don't know you, but this song is the only excuse to be like, you know what I'm saying? You just, like, like, like the, like, like the, you know, like the Haitian man would do, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? This is how it starts. You know, the beats just start really easy, like, like this. You know what I'm saying? And you start, all right. And if she give you the eye back, you know, when he, when he croon like that, you know what I'm saying? And then you just gotta, before the beat drop, you gotta hold her hand already. And that's when, you know, you just kind of like, uh, uh. Are y'all listening to the vibes? Nah, seriously, like, you, you gotta really get her when that beat drop. Like, if you don't, if you don't catch the Time beat drop, the like, she might already, like, dancing by herself. Like, legit. <laughs> like, if you don't come, like, if you don't come right on time, she's already dancing by herself. No. And, and then now you gotta like either you know at least she give you like a, a clear confirmation then you're like okay I can kind of like double back and try it again yeah. but if you don't get that what about other close case what about other <laughs> but anyway move on to the next one right but you gotta wait for the next song though that's the only problem now you gotta go now you gotta go to the to the plate you know the area where the warmer's at now you gotta go find you a plate. You just gotta wow. go get some grill. You There's a get lot some. of etiquette involved in yeah, this. Yeah, because you gotta keep yourself busy. Wow. Because if you because if you didn't get the dance and she know you wanted to dance and you just chilling there, you kind of lost the night. But if you kind of like play it off, go get some food, and then like you, you chill for a little bit and you wait for the next song, maybe you can redeem. What if she comes up to you? Oh yeah, you you win. But we want so we want we like that. We we like when the woman approaches. We, who's we? In this situation, the man in this hypothetical situation, uh-huh. we are okay with that woman approaching said man. We the man would be pleased when the beat drops. I believe so. Okay, like okay. at that at that time, if he misses Q and she comes, oh, this is this is following Q. This is following initial. Like if he missed the Q. Yeah. Okay, no, but, but she not, comes. She can't be first. Oh, you talking about when the yeah, song comes? Oh, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Let me replay it again. Okay. So you telling me the beat start coming right correct. there, correct? And then the guys just chilling, and the and girls girl start walking, correct? This? Yeah. If that happens, you're married. Mem soir, yeah. Mem soir, yeah. You're married. You're married. Who's that? Who's that? Who's that? Just by vibe. Okay. Let me take a look at that guy. That by vibe. She's taking brother. She's taking brother. She made her decision. She made her decision. What? She going to Pine Hills tonight. I'm just. I I I I appreciate. <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning in uh, to episode 17. You know, I just got to also make sure we know that in the millennial journey, like these songs, like they really have been a big part um, to me, I believe. 
And I think anybody else who can relate, mm-hmm. for you ladies, I think yes. like music has really helped us connect as Haitian millennials up to this point, right? And now we got a podcast. We can connect any other way, like right now. But before then, I think music was a big thing. No, absolutely. Music was a big thing. But yeah, it connects me, us. That, that music is very good, but not what I was exposed to for like the R&B stuff. It was very, very much so that usher people and yeah things, you know, know you know I that know. was what, what i was exposed to more often than not but when i did hear that i was like okay let me oh i never heard this and i tried to like shazam it okay. and then google couldn't find it so then let, let me tell you let me I tell know. you who you were okay sorry. oh god at the party i could tell you who you were oh my god right? who was i because the party was being held at your house for example <laughs> your mom knew all the jams your mom knew all the jams let me tell you let me show you a song your mom played Sorry. Oh no! Don't embarrass sorry, me. Sorry, you sorry. might be right. Sorry, I, <laughs> <laughs> I was show you what um, what your mom played. Right? Let me make sure. Let me make sure I do this right because you know we have so many, so many, um, so many titles, and you know this is what you, this is the song your mom played um, at the party, mm. and I'm gonna tell you how it went with you being there. Okay, because Set me up. you're not. You know what I'm saying? Let me make sure. Like, I feel him. Can you know what I'm saying? Can you know what I'm saying? Oh! Well, I feel him, man. I disconnected, man. AC. AC does it again. Right? Why do I feel him? It's all in Let me make sure. Let me make sure I get you right. 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 Benny, this is the song. Okay, so it's happening at your house. So you're not exposed to AC. You're exposed to like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. To Usher and, you know, voice to men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so, Leah. this come on at your party, though. You're not like, you're not into this song, but it, there's a Haitian guy like me in the party. Right. And he can kind of tell you're not really into this. This is happening right. at your house, but you're not really into this. And your mom play this song, and hey, he knows you gotta find somebody. Right. And he see Leo, and he's like, so after after a while so this song comes right then he starts to have that conversation i don't know if, if it's okay for me to bring this story up with this uh happy hour haitian guy very strong like he, the game is very strong. Go ahead. <laughs> oh my God. So now you falling into that category. Oh where, yes, you can go ahead. Where, <laughs> where I'm now a Haitian man who now finds a Haitian girl who don't dance compa. Oh my gosh. So now I got to get in my bag of oh. like trying to extremely bag you because no. now you are you are a one of a kind. <laughs> oh my God. Because your mom. Know the vibes. She, she knows the Alan Cavill, you know? It's in the background. So it's deep inside of you. But as a Haitian man who's trying to you bring know, it out, get trying you, to get it right. That's where I'm going to go in my bag of like, mm. oh, where your parents from? Oh. Where, where, you know what I'm saying? Go in the bag of like, you know? Because oh <laughs> this, is, this is the second, second tier of like second Haitian tier. party etiquette. <laughs> Somebody got to write a book. Mark, <laughs> no, but I got bamboozled into this. Wow! Yeah, uh, um, I was at a happy hour. <laughs> oh man! And I was sitting at the bar. Mm-hmm. I had my friend to my right, and there was two young men to my left. 
And so I'm just, you know, you know, when you sit and you're just vibing, I, I look over, I accidentally caught the man's eye, I turned away. Oh. See, that's the. <laughs> he goes, I know you understood my conversation. What? I know mm. you understood Creole. Mm. I go, what? <laughs> she had like she didn't understand. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, no, I know you understand what, you know, he's like, tell me what's your name, all this other stuff. I'll, I give him, you know. The GG, you know, I'm just here for after work. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, where are you from? I said, I'm from the U.S. He's like, oh, so you're not really Asian. <laughs> I said, sure. So that's what you want to call me? Sure. And then he hit me with the, where are your parents from? Mm-hmm. I tell him my mom's from Port Prince. My dad's from Jacques Mel. Oh, he's from Jacques Mel too. Oh, wow. Mark really knew exactly what he was talking about. <laughs> mm. Next thing you know. Facebooks are being exchanged. Oh. Trips to Haiti, I should be going on. <laughs> and that's you. That is. That's also you. <laughs> yeah. At the party, you guys are the bag that is foreign, oh, man. but also local. You mm. like the local foreign bag. The Haitian blood is What in is you. it? Is it the fact that he can teach me so much? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It has to be. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Because he knows. Once you know the compa, you're going to really get into it. So if I expose you to it, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I learned a lot. I'm going to say, 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 I'm going to we're episode 17 <laughs> we are here we are here yes. um and listen we just got off thanksgiving and all that we're not going to talk about this this episode mm. because we want to continue our story yeah but based on what i you know pick up i'm smelling a little a season coming on although it's you know the holiday mm. season because after thanksgiving you gain a little weight so then you need someone yeah yeah, yeah. i think i, I think, think that's what happens i think you know with the right intro with alan cave and dan mm. jr before we get into our journey we got to talk about cuffing season right it's, it's there <laughs> it's, it is. It's, it's right there I, i'm already cuffed so i can't talk about that mm. um leona it doesn't exclude you leona however um you know if I may use the term, you have been cuffed. Uh, yes. Um, was it within the season? It was not. It was not. It was not within the okay. cuffing season. Ooh, okay, so, I mean, there's some dates. Uh, oh. I'm gonna pass drop the, the, drop uh, the I'm going to pass the phone to you. Oh. And you oh, let me oh. know if you fell in one of these. Oh, my God. No, stop. Oh, I'm mad oh. that you have this. Okay. This is from Tinder, y'all. Oh. So, okay, so a let verified me see. verified resource. <laughs> okay, let me see. Oh, this is not. Oh, mm. so this is not the whole calendar. So have, mm. have you been cuffed? I was, but not in any of these. Oh, no, I, not in not in any of these dates. Oh. It was outside of the dates. What does that mean? Oh. Mm, I Damn. mean, maybe you were preyed upon. What? <laughs> no, I think that it means mine is real. <laughs> it's not a season. It's not a oh, season. You see, oh my. It's not a season. You know what the I'm conversation's over then. No. <laughs> conversation's finished. Like, hey, for y'all that enjoy coffee season, have fun. We don't we don't do it here. 
Anyway, I don't know <laughs> what is the what is the proper cuffing seat like. How do I get in there if I was trying to? Like, what do I do? Well, uh, they said scouting starts in the summer. Mm, that's yeah, a lot. That of work. already passed. Yeah, drafting was in September. Mm, Tryouts mm. was in October. We're in preseason right now. Mm. I think a good sign is. Did you get a Thanksgiving text? Mm. Were you invited to Thanksgiving dinner? Mm. Did y'all link up Thanksgiving weekend? Mm. I mean, if you make time for somebody during like a holiday weekend, I would say that you enjoy them because I think that's an easy excuse just to not meet with someone. Mm. Like it's easy. Like I'm going to be here and you really not. Mm. Mm. And then cuffing seasons officially December 1st from January 15th. The playoffs is Whoa. January 16th to the 13th, and you know you've made champion <laughs> if you made it to Valentine's Day. Mm. That's, a, that's a good timeline. It is. That's a good timeline. Um, but, Gigi, w- w- what you looking at? Are you, are you playing this season? I think I technically am. Oh, 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 I don't know. I do. I want my social. I'm just so you want go, but that's past the season though. You got to pass February to be. Is that what it is? Really? No, she she didn't get cuffed during this. Um, no, period. during this period. Oh, no. so after after February. Correct. She, okay. After February. Got you. Got you. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's let's let's. When let's, things started just being normal <laughs> <laughs> in life, at a normal season. Yeah. Got you. Got you. Got you. All right. Well, we'll, we'll rock with that. Let's push for that. Let's yes. push for for the cuffing to happen outside of cuffing season. Yes, but if it does happen in cuffing season, we're still in <laughs> the round of applause. <laughs> we don't we don't discriminate. Uh, but anyway, uh, I hope you guys really enjoyed our episode, episode sixteen. Um, this episode, we're going to continue our conversation. We're going to get right into it. We're not going to. I know I could ask you guys how you guys doing. We can go into that. But I think, care. but I think, uh, I think we can dive right into it into the conversation. Yeah. Given the fact that everybody's good, yeah, this is like the part in the wedding where Wait, the, it's it's still, this is a part of the wedding where the uh, the pastor goes, if anybody opposed, right, for these two getting married, please nobody ever does that. So this is the part where is everybody, if somebody's not good, please let me know right, right. now or forever yeah. hold your peace. No, we're good. It's still both and it's still both. But I still want to ask Mark because yeah. of season one. Are you good? How how are you? Um, how I'm are good, you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. No, because yeah. you shared you shared a really. Like personal, yeah, personal mm. story about yourself. I'm good. I feel good. That's you know, good. I told people that uh, I was a failure in high school, and I, I got to deal with that. And that's a great place to start. <laughs> wow! <laughs> wow! 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 How people? I, I, I wanted to be the 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 laughing stock in high school in our past. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> used to laugh at us. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. now when you when you come around, Ooh. okay, I can I can go forward with it. When you come Ooh. around, because they can't see what's in you. Ooh. They haven't seen what you're capable of. Ooh. They don't know where God's gonna pick you up and drop you off. Ooh. They don't know. They don't know. They don't. They don't know. know. Cause they laughed at Mark. All of us have been laughed out here. I said, "Hey, who, Mike Jones? <laughs> who, Mike? <laughs> A whole era. Listen, and we grew up in that era, hey, so hey, iconic hey. era. Hey, run that back. They run didn't back. know us. Run that back. Now we hot." 
hoes didn't want me. Now I'm hot hoes all on me. Back then, hoes didn't okay, want me. Okay, okay. I just now realized he said back then, hoes didn't want me. I'm sorry. Oh, oh. not that. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're not. Sorry. Nah, I'm sorry. Sorry, wow. guys. Sorry. Wow. Yeah. Wrong. Good, good song. Wrong version. Wrong version. Wrong version. Wow. Everything's explicit these days. Back it's so hard. then, day. 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 Day could be a lot of things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It now, is. They all on me. Yeah. They could be business. Mm-hmm. You know? Anyway, let's just stop getting sidetracked. Right? Let's <laughs> we left off at literally our beginning of the college journey, right? Yeah. So now we don't want to keep diving into the college deeper. So what I really want to get into or what I believe we should get into is that transition or that dynamic between our parents or our parent and us after we decided to either leave the house because of college or stay in the house because of college. And of course, you leaving your city because of college. How did that dynamic change from um, the relationship with your parents? And I know you said you talked to them for a whole month. You call your mom. Every day, every freshman day, year, your brother's mm-hmm. freshman year, and what, what was your your initial yeah contact like after or, you were gone yeah um so initial so when my mom left it's funny because like my brother's baby mom at the time who came with us she called me later on the day I was like you know your mom was crying the whole time and I was like I never that was that was very shocking to me <laughs> that was very shocking to me because my mom is not like that at all mm. um but following that um it was easy for me to not be dependent like it was easy for me to just fend for myself like I didn't feel like I needed to call her every day I didn't feel like she needed to talk to me every day um because that was kind of the well that was kind of the same dynamic already and I don't know Gigi were you were you 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 and your mom sound like even before you leaving you guys were close like that you know, mm-hmm. b- had those conversations and things like that. So I can see it carrying into you moving um, for college. But for me, it was kind of the same structure of home once I left. It was like we didn't speak much. So now that I'm here, we're still kind of not speaking on the daily. Um, but if I fast forward to like today, woman calls me every day. But now let me go back. <laughs> but you were saying that you did that whole process kind of like by yourself at exactly. some point. So you felt like you were already in that independent Route. Yeah, exactly. And, and and it definitely um trickled into so many other areas of my life to to where like it almost became like a I I would say it became like a, a weakness of mine, like just asking for help or mm. being open to communicating about something, whatever it might be, dis, you know, because I was deep <laughs> I was I'm, I'm, I'm really not trying to but <laughs> But like that, that was the reality of it. It Mm. became so commonplace for me to do everything by myself that even the little part of checking in with your family, like, you know, like if someone like, let's say I met Gigi, right? Crossroads. Like we met. Yeah. No, I talked to my mom every day. I'm like, well, I haven't spoken to my mom in a month. Mm. Like, Mm. and and to me, that's so normal. Like why? I'd be like, why are you talking to your mom every day? I have have a a question for you, Leona. (laughs) Yeah. So. I cut think, the cord. Cut the cord. Cut the cord. Boy. Right, do you so I feel like there's like different types of like the Haitian daughter. Oh, mm. I like where we're going with this. Mm. <laughs> I feel like I fall more in the very obedient mm-hmm, mm-hmm. category. Yes, I agree. <laughs> 
<laughs> so the, like even if I didn't want to talk to my mom every day, she was mm. gonna call me every day regardless. Mm-hmm. And I was going I had to pick up the phone. That was the expectation. Mm. Right. How would you describe because there's other listeners I feel like who identify more with how your dynamic is as a daughter sister. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you describe it? That's a very good question. Um so Mark might be kind of right. Um, I was like a little like like compared to like my brothers who were like ginormously misbehaved, I followed in their footsteps. I saw that this is they got what they wanted. If they broke a couple rules, did what they wanted. Um, so I kind of followed suit as the only girl and the youngest of the family. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, I would describe myself as more of like the rebel version of uh teenage girl in the Haitian community, not as obedient. Um, if I didn't want to do something, I just wouldn't. I never had a problem uh, telling my mom no or being like, like I, I, I definitely talked back a lot. Um, so very con- con- contrary to culture um, for the Haitian community. Especially- what's inside? What's inside? <laughs> yeah, there's, what's yeah. yeah. Especially in the, uh, as a daughter, um, and the youngest. So I was very bold in that way. Um, so when going to college, it seemed right to kind of keep the same structure. Mm-hmm. So that if my mom did call me and like, let's say, for instance, she showed me a, a little piece of her emotion. It was like, oh, you know, like she missed me or something. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Because in my head, I'm like, you like, this is weird mm-hmm. versus like trying to. Mm-hmm. understand it i was like this is weird we don't do this whatever mom mm-hmm. like you know um and i wish i wish i would have uh, leaned more into those type of things i feel like long term it would have been better for our relationship um i do wish there were areas in my life i was more obedient to my mom because she was absolutely right mm-hmm. um and i'm saying this as a grown-up <laughs> <laughs> and i know that's hard for people to say sometimes but yeah she was right in more areas than 10 do you think, <laughs> do you think um Sorry, you bring in interrogated right now because you're the one speaking. However, this could have gone to anybody. But let me really ask you this question. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, do you think that if she said she missed you a lot before like the transition and maybe mm. even in Creole or then within the native language of showing these affections early on that you wouldn't be kind of like pushing it a bit mm. away when you got to that stage? Yeah. Yeah, I I don't think I would have been so aloof to just leaving or going wherever. Mm. I think that because I didn't have a plan to begin with, Mm. if I had something like this person, excuse me, not that my parents don't care about me, that's what I'm saying, but show, demonstrated that a little bit more, Mm -hmm. I would be more, uh, yeah, I I, I would consider staying more. Mm. I'd be like, you know what? Yeah, I can just go here and be around my parents and this and that. But because that was lacking in some areas, leaving mm. didn't seem like a, a issue. Like, it's like, why not? And then um, to take it mm. a little bit of a step further, it's like that her expressing that to me finally or demonstrating it wasn't until my junior, senior year in college. Mm. So that's like mm. a whole two, three, four plus years now that I'm gone that you're openly beginning to express these things. And I mean, beginning. I have, I have a, uh, I have a theory to that and it's not a new theory, but I think it can relate to the relationship between us and our Haitian parents and showing affection. Yeah. Um, Before I do that, give me one second though. So my theory within 
when you happen to go to college and that's when that emotion starts coming. And I think Haitian parents are, I say Haitian parents because that's who we are. We're Haitian and that's who we are. It could be any other parents for anybody listening. But I think the time and the distance have created this emptiness in there. Mm. You know, now it brings out this emotion because in Haiti, I think their sole mission is to provide um, and make sure you're okay. Because in Haiti, we're in survival mode, right? I, whether we want to like it and, or, you know, love it or not, we're in that survival mode. Like as parents, we're going out there mm-hmm. to hunt. Mm-hmm. So our kids can have a better tomorrow. Yeah. So in America, I think that survival mode kicks in like maybe like 10 times more, 100 times more. So that emotion is not built in while yeah. that survival mode is there. I also have another theory. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, let me finish this thought mm-hmm. real quick before I forget. So I think when you go to college and it start, they start to miss you, right? Mm-hmm. They start to... You're not there. So I think it says, what is it, distance? Uh, uh, makes the heart, makes heart fonder, the heart yeah. fonder, yeah, mm-hmm. whatever the yeah. term is. I think that might be what you experience at the time, which could be the, the case for a lot of us. Uh, we have to leave <laughs> in order for our parents to start realizing, oh, that, that's, that is my yeah. daughter, yeah. my son, and I, I miss them. But instead of, you know, sometimes saying they miss you or they love you, it's like, yeah, their affection is more. Yeah, that voicemail be crazy. Crazy. Oh, I got some voicemails. I have them saved too. Oh, you have them saved. Oh my god. Oh my goodness. Oh, remember, I sent you a screenshot. My mom said, "My mom said, have a nice life." You know why? Because I didn't text her back because I had COVID and I didn't drink her tea. Mom, I mean, you should drink the tea. No, but I, I actually know. I oh, could have lied and said I drank the tea, but she was like, "Oh, Mark, I called you yesterday. You didn't call me back. You didn't. You didn't respond to my messages. Have a nice life." That's. <laughs> oh. She don't mean it, Mom. No, she's very emotional. Aww. Very she, emotional. in her heart. You, you were. I have her. a, I have yeah. a piggyback off of that, but I know. But Gigi I don't has know. A point. Yeah, but it's Gigi oh, my theory was just yeah. I don't. I think that being an empty nester, yeah, is an American thing. Explain. I don't know what an empty nest is. Okay, I know what you mean. So an empty nest is the concept that, like, you know, you're supposed to raise your kids up until they're 18, Mm. and then they're supposed to move out, and then Mm. they never come back. So then you as the parent are supposed to not be at home, and your nest is empty. All your your little birdies are gone. Yeah. I don't think that's a a thing in Haiti. No, they're always here and around. They're always something. Someone, like, cousins. Yeah, somebody. Grandchildren. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's no such thing as an empty yeah, nest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when like we do make that decision to leave and essentially empty the nest, that's mm-hmm. like a foreign concept. I don't think there's any support system around that. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. now as a, I feel like like two parents, now you, now you expect me to just live with each other? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, I can. Yeah, that, we haven't done that in however old I am. You know, that age group being, being yeah. Married, yeah. And so I just think like I'm not saying they don't love us, but that reaction of like I miss you mm-hmm. is also like the I don't want to do this empty nester thing. Mm-hmm. It could be. It could be a trying to escape that also, and and also like I know I have friends who once they do leave the nest, whatever. Let's say you know fast forward time, you mm-hmm. uh, get married, have children. I mean, you get married. The next thing is like. They need grandkids right away, like right away, right away, right away. Like, hurry up, hurry up. It's mm-hmm. almost like you're doing them a favor. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, um, and that's what I've seen in the culture too. But 
to both of of the point of to both of the points that you guys made, mm. just that distance, growing the heart fonder, and then like being the empty nester, you mm. then finally get to settle in your feelings. You know, mm. you finally get to okay. You, you give yourself some room to understand what you were always feeling, mm. but then you can't communicate it in that same way because the person's not here. Mm-hmm. Yelling at them here, you'll still see them tomorrow, but yelling yeah. at them there, you uh-huh. won't see them. Yeah. They don't have to pick up your phone call. Like yeah. you, you, can cr- you can sever things permanently from a distance, you mm-hmm. know? And that's what I learned. Like once I left, um, and emotionally, of course, like that f- emotion piece, because mm-hmm. like, I didn't realize until going to college in this two things. I moving to moving away for college is how I found Jesus Christ. Let, mm. I'm gonna say that first. So Okay, well let's get <laughs> don't a round of applause. Yeah. Honestly, like, don't, ignore the call. Deal, right? <laughs> no, don't ignore the call. Like mm. there are things that are really out of your control. Like mm. that's all. One. Two, I didn't realize how emotionally detached I was from so many things Mm. until getting to college. Mm. Because Mm. once you are around other people that are not like you, Mm -hmm. that's when you begin to see what might be abnormal or normal or that, you know, it's just not commonplace. Like, for instance, I had a casual conversation with a group of friends. I'm like, yeah, my mom, like my parents never told me they love me. And they're like, what? And then you begin to see people who are like, no, my mom also never said that. They Mm -hmm. did. They didn't. How do you feel? How do you not feel? And those Mm -hmm. things begin to play out. And you have those deeper conversations with people. And you see that, yeah, we're Haitian. But trust me, the spectrum Mm -hmm. is very different. Yeah. Anybody could relate? Can they have your your mom told you she loves you? Or... I I Okay, so I have two points. One, Mm -hmm. I I always knew my mom loved me because... Mm -hmm. She made it very clear that love was not just in saying it. It was action-based. Right. And so I always grew up knowing, of course, my mom loves me. I have a roof over my head. Mm. I have food in my stomach, Mm. clothes on my back. I go out. I don't look crazy. Mm. But, like, as I got older, Mm. that started to not feel like enough. Mm. And so then I really had the question, okay, why aren't you as affectionate as other parents? Mm -hmm. And so it was like, I know you love me, but why can't it be shown in another way? Mm -hmm. And I think my mom's reaction was like, look at all the sacrifices I'm making. Mm -hmm. What do you mean affection? Like Mm -hmm. it was, it was, it it ended up being this tension. Mm -hmm. I feel like as I got older and I started to, um, try to really interpret how I felt and what my perspective on things were. Yeah. And as I started to communicate, this mm. is where my mom and I's relationship started to have tension. Gotcha. Cause you didn't have questions. Cause I had questions yeah. and I just wasn't, I don't want to say blindly following, but gotcha. I, I was becoming less like, okay, mom, mm-hmm. yes, yeah. mommy. Mm. And that's like, no, like, I think one of the biggest things that happened was the amount of times I moved in high school. Mm-hmm. I went to three different high schools. Mm-hmm. It was hard. Mm-hmm. Me saying me not having just a regular high school experience of just being in a high school mm-hmm. and just making friends and having those experiences. Mm-hmm. Like me communicating that was like offensive to my mom. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Because, because her whole thing is, yeah, she's, uh, we're moving, we're moving because mm-hmm. I'm trying uh-huh. to make a way for y'all. And I'm yeah, like, right. no, but I'm having... Mm-hmm. Like a horrible experience as a wow. teenager. So I think uh, as maybe Haitian parents, they look at things on the on the level up here. Mm-hmm. 
And as long as up here it makes sense, um, whatever, you know, underneath, that falls yeah. underneath it is, uh, you know, is what falls short of that. But as long as this this thing at the top, I'm giving you a roof, I'm making sure you're fed, everything else is a sub layer, mm-hmm. which is not really focused on. It's always focused on because it goes back to what you said, the, the survival house. mode. Yep. Yeah. Like, are we are we surviving? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if that's what we're doing, then mm-hmm. then the mission is being accomplished. Exactly. Yeah. To them, it's like a, it's, it's almost like a checkpoint check base. Check, right. Yeah. If fridge. Milk, juice, bread, everything <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah. Happy child. Yeah. Everything else is a bonus. Yes. Yeah. To them. Nothing. Yeah. No, nothing else is like, yeah, if, if, if I happen to just, you know, if you do good grades. I can get you some extra things and I can show you extra love. But in our world that we came into as Haitian millennials, Mm -hmm. like we came into where it wasn't only around reward time that love was shown. Mm -hmm. Love was shown because that's your child. (laughs) And I I think that's where we kind of had like this conflict. We're like, why it's happening here, mm-hmm. but it's not happening there. Exactly. And then when we bring it back to our parents who didn't have someone to coach them through that yeah. process that you're going to have kids who want more from mm-hmm. you than just providing, mm-hmm. then now then defense mode. And now it becomes like friction, like you may yeah. have said, yeah. like you're coming for me. And it's not passing blame. <laughs> right? No, like, it's not. Yeah, yeah. yeah like we, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're aware. Like we yeah. know even in this conversation that like mm-hmm. there's no blame being thrown. There is like no uh, malice being put out there because we understand that you continue what you receive. So mm-hmm. um, my, of course, like when you think about your parents' parents, that mm-hmm. that is foreign concept. Like, yeah. what do you mean, Gigi? I need to tell you. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Come so, on, Kino. <laughs> so it's like, I understand that's such that. a cop out. Go on, Kino, yo, that's such a cop it out, is, yo. It is. I mean, now it's definitely seen like when you see all the, they call uh-huh. it the new age parenting. Yeah. Like, yeah. Where you have to ask the child like how they feel and mm-hmm. respect their emotions and mm-hmm. their perspective that's such yes. a foreign concept it yeah. is foreign but i do see some benefit in the traditional parenting styles that i've <laughs> experienced i'm not gonna say all of it's bad okay because... okay 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 damn i don't want to speed go ahead no i'm just I, I, all go i'm ahead. saying is uh-huh. i don't i don't but i'm not a firm believer that mm-hmm. every single thing that Every single way that my parents parented was wrong. That's, that's how, that's just where I stand. Cause, um, because it's just, yeah, like I'm not a parent now, right now. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not a parent. I can't imagine. Neither of us actually on this panel. Exactly. Let's lead with that. Like none of us are parents. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine the amount of mistakes or Mm -hmm. the shame or guilt or the pressure a parent Mm -hmm. can feel Mm -hmm. especially if this is your first child second third it doesn't matter Mm this taking responsibility for something Mm -hmm. is a lot so Mm -hmm. i mean i have to respect the fact that they were able to do those things like put a roof over my head give Mm -hmm. me food like those things are a luxury in a lot of a lot of ways at least those were instilled right correct so i think that's where another not a parallel would it be a contrast or a parallel but in america Sometimes you don't have that luxury of having a roof. The yeah. parent might love you <laughs> as much as yeah. they do, yeah. but don't look to provide. And I, I used exactly. to always get hit with that. Mm. I used to always, there are women out there. They're out here prostituting. Yeah. They're out here. They have their kids. <laughs> not it's tr- I mean, and it's I, true. And I, but, but I used to I used to be like, but why is the bar so low? Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is. Not realizing it wasn't a low bar, but I, to was, me, I felt like. It was yeah. the bar. It was yeah. the bar. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Damn, that's that's that. crazy. So so, um, <laughs> uh, I I don't have like I said we we pivoted into of course your experience and your parents' experience. I didn't move out, so I don't know. Okay, I want to hear this. You didn't so move out. I, I want to know. I didn't move out for that period, right? For that period of me, um, learning and going into the job force mm-hmm. or becoming an adult. I did not move through that process. Okay. So you, I know I want to know how that. So, um, <laughs> it, it was. Wait, really quick. Uh-huh. Did you consider moving out? I did. I did consider moving out, but I didn't think the roommate thing was not a thing to me. That's so crazy, right? I didn't think. Why? I didn't know about roommates. It's still a wild concept to me. Like, I didn't know about the roommate concept. I thought if I was moving out, I'm moving out. I'm alone. Mm. I got to figure okay. out how to That's pay fair, yeah. the stuff. Maybe because because I wasn't around so many college, like I said, college people at the time. And if you were going to Valencia, as mentioned in the last pod, no Valencia shaming, please. Um, yeah. I didn't know, like, people who went to Valencia, there's no dorm in Valencia. It's a community college. Mm. Everybody goes back home and, well, you know. gets an apartment with roommates. Ye- well, I didn't know that part. Okay. See, I thought the people that I met at Valencia that I knew already, they were living with their parents. especially in the interesting. Haitian, in okay. the Haitian household. In, in the area that we lived in, everybody that I knew at the time, if you weren't stable enough mm. to get your own place you were still living with your okay. parents there were not there was not a roommate thing going on in around me, my surroundings right um so i ended up just doing all that process at home i started going to valencia and my parents were still there there was never a disconnect um the one time that drove a disconnect uh which i could be able to relate to that you know separation mm. Um, I went through a breakup, right? You know, like I mentioned last time, high high school sweetheart. So, um, uh, in college, of course, you start start seeing different people in the campus, and you start seeing your your girlfriend walking with other people coming from the class, and it may not be a thing, it may not be a thing, right? Yeah. Because in high school, you know, when I come out of class, you come out of class, we find each other, we walk yeah. to yeah. our next class. That was high school, yeah. But in college, we don't have the same class schedule. And, you know, maybe I probably hung out on campus longer than I should. <laughs> so <laughs> I was on campus when I didn't have a class. And, you know, things were happening that I wasn't really a fan of. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like that. But because I made it a thing. Anyway, long story short, there was a breakup that happened between that period. Right. And I've been at home so long that I felt like I needed to get out. Right. Mm-hmm. I needed to go find something else. And at the time I was working, but also going to, you know, college and going yeah. to Valencia and stuff, trying to figure out. And I was taking these classes that I didn't know had anything to do with my major, which is computer engineering. Anyway, I was I was a little lost, to say the least. Mm-hmm. So then that breakup got me to get out the house. So I moved to one of my friends' house in Kissimmee. Not too far. See, now I didn't move out of, <laughs> out of state. That's still a drive. That's right? still a drive. So from my house to Kissimmee was about an hour. No, come on. That's, yeah. If you take the highway, that's the map. <laughs> no, you, you moved out. But, no, that's, that's moving. But I moved out without moving out. I told my parents I'm going to stay at my oh. at my friend's house for a little bit. But I never went. And I basically didn't go back for like months. <laughs> so is that like, what attention then comes in? Right, they, there goes that. Okay. Because I'm the oldest. Keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. I'm the oldest. Both parents is home. I'm the oldest. So when I started doing these things, then and my mom started to say, like, you know, feel some sort of way. She mm-hmm. felt like she was failing as a mother mm-hmm. that I ended up leaving her house to go live at somebody mm-hmm. else's house, but somebody else that she actually knows, because my best friend 
and her and his mom, my, both of our moms were close. Mm. So the friend you you moved with was uh-huh. living with their parents. Yeah. <laughs> so you went to go live with other parents, <laughs> right, right? Nah. Right. But let me let me explain. Let me explain. His parents were never home, so technically, because oh. they were one of those parents that work so much just that they're home. never oh, home. Okay. okay. So to me, it was like a a, a, a taste of freedom. What it was, what it would be like mm. to live. What was the friend's parents' reaction to you? They were just like, "Oh, Mark is here for a little bit." They didn't talk to my mom about it though. So That's how did you thing. sell it initially? Like, I'm gonna stay here for a little bit and then it extended. Yeah, I just stayed there for a long time. <laughs> Brought all my clothes, brought all my shoes, got my own room. You know, this is the luxury of you being a man. That's another conversation. I didn't know that. But however, uh, that was that was that that was my first moving out. But then I moved back in. Okay. Um, because I I think I kind of got back with the with the girl I was with, and then that that triggered another thing mm. of comfort. So I went back mm. home in that comfort area again, and then actually me and my me and that girl ended up moving in together. So mm. that was my first officially moving out. And that's when my mom was actually hurt at the time uh, because she's like, you're not moving out to college. <laughs> you're not mm, moving out. I see. So you're going to move in with a girl that mm. you're not married to. Yeah. So it was mm-hmm. that transition of me just now I'm, I'm, I'm a label like a vodka boy. You know what mm. I mean? So like at the time I was still trying to figure things out because I'm, I'm working out this relationship thinking that moving in would make it work. I didn't move out. I didn't move out and move in because I'm like, I need to find a place of my own. I was actually still trying to make that that relationship thing mm. work because we got to a certain age where it was like, well, what are we going to do now? <laughs> like, right. what's, the next, what's step? the next step? Yeah. So that's when that happened for me. And that's when I started to realize that my mom, it was a whole different relationship because I didn't move <laughs> like completely out. I moved out to move with somebody else. So she felt some type of way as a mother. Because I'm like, she's like, I could take care of you at the house. Like, you don't have to go pay bills that you don't need to pay. Mm-hmm. So it was like, to them, to my Haitian parents, it was like, what are you doing? You're kind of like wasting money because can you can that. still stay home and save your money instead of paying rent somewhere where you don't have to stay there. So oh. I read this article from mm-hmm. this um, Haitian woman who is currently practices as a psychologist. And I'm going to try to find that link. Mm-hmm. But she talked about how... Um, after she left for college, she she noticed that she had difficulty making decisions for herself. Mm. Like she didn't know how to um, be independent, even though she felt like independence was modeled to her. Mm-hmm. She didn't. She realized everything she did was based on what she thought her parents would want her to do. Mm. And she said she really struggled mm-hmm. for a long time as an adult. Do you guys felt like you ever struggled with decision making? Yeah, yeah. Well, for me, yes. for sure. You guys just heard my, <laughs> I did, I, my complete I, I, journey on trying to understand. Out of question about how, the journey. Yeah, uh, it, it was a process, but yeah. Well, go ahead. And let you. I do want to answer Gigi's question about yeah, decision I mean. making. I do, yeah. but this is not related to directly to the decision making. But no. the comment Gigi made about the only reason you were able to do that is because you were a man. Was, yeah. Very briefly, yeah. was your dating life... Mm-hmm. And just your young, like early adult life. Mm. I, I guess not easy, but like, did you feel that your parents impeded on that anyway? Or were you still able to like be Mark and have fun and go out, come home late, this, like uh, enjoy yourself? Like, yeah, I was, I was able to. Um, I think 
there was a time I, I think I skipped that part where I started understanding what going out was mm-hmm. and like you know not having to like um, I guess you would say I would still have to sneak out but I didn't know I started to re- understand because of my job so I know we I skipped that part but I did get a job where friends that were around my age were doing things that I couldn't do mm, because okay. i was at home because gotcha. like you know they would go out and they mm-hmm. would come home late but i didn't i couldn't do that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because it's not like there was a rule but there was a rule i got you like my parents you. never said don't do this or do that because i never done it mm-hmm. so there was no rules applied because there was no rules mm-hmm. to be broken got you got you. like i was i was that i was that i don't want to say model kid but i kind of was i wasn't doing nothing crazy out there mm-hmm. like that yet but when when I got after like high school or a little bit, you know, past high school mm-hmm. and because I stayed home for college, now it's like the people around me that are in college or they are going out. They're doing these yeah. things because they don't have parental supervision like I do. Right. So I did start to sneak out a little bit and come mm-hmm. later and later. Like, you know, you start. Yeah. But there was, there was there consequences for sneaking Thank out? Thank you. That's why I was going to go with this. Consequences. Or did you not? Was the consequence not enough to... I guess for no. Like, were there consequences, yeah. and then were they enough to to change the behavior? Yeah, those two, like. Sadly, no. Mm. There was no consequences, Girl. really. Um, mm. Let me let me let me see. I'm not gonna like. I'm not gonna like. You know, mm. put my parents under the bus or anything. But there were no consequences, really. It mm. was more like my parent. My, my my dad would send like my um my Sunday school youth teacher to come talk to me. And like kind of, kind of send them to be like, okay, so ukone, um, you know, people have lived with when I not club. But I was like, first of all, what about was there? <laughs> oh my god! But then I told them, no, nah, we're not going out the club. I was like, no, nah, we ain't doing that, man. What are you talking about? Right. Like, I was, uh, I was blatantly lying to the to the gentleman. Um, because in my opinion, when I find out when I started going out to parties, I realized it's not as bad as you know the the pastors and everybody was saying like mm. i would be like you know this wilding out i was like i'm not wilding out like there's different reasons why i go out i go out because i'm like okay i'm, I'm with my friends and plus you know just you know trying to talk to ladies and stuff like right. that but that was a little different i wasn't into like trying to do wild stuff like shootings and everything that people were with so you were just trying to have fun yeah but there was no repercussions where my parents would be like this is what you did now you got to get punished for it they just weren't aware. They just know I come home late, right? Mm. But they didn't know where I was or what I was doing. Right. And there was nothing to come back to them and be like, oh. Mark, this is an island. Yeah. You know, and I, I wasn't like wilding at home or something. So then they had to like bring it up. It was They, they used, now I'm talking about it. They used the method of like, if it ain't broken or if I don't know. Okay. Like, I'm fine as long as Mark is okay. Right. Like, everything is like, good. Don't bring a baby home. Yeah. And you didn't. In, in a way. And I didn't. <laughs> yeah. don't, and don't go to jail. Yeah. Right. And I so, have it. So we're Cross good. my thing. Pray, pray the Lord. That never happened, right? Right. But when you ask about repercussions, there was never really anything that my parents punished me for, for that period, besides my own mistakes that I've probably done personally. I see. Okay. I it's interesting yeah. because in the... In, well, culturally speaking, my experience, maybe Gigi's too, and, and some of the listeners, some of the listeners is, mm. if we speak genderly, mm. of course, <laughs> um, males don't have those preemptive, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They don't have those, um, 
What did, what did you expectations? Just they don't have those expectations. They don't have those consequences set up. It's always an afterthought once something happens. But mm. for the women, there's already something in place. Mm. Like there's already a you're not going to, you're not going to. Even if you've never done it before. Mm. Even if you literally in, like there's no situation where it would happen. Mm. You cannot do this. Like you just cannot. And that's already lined out for mm. women. And then it's fun. It's just interesting. The contrast of like, for instance, let's say if Gigi stayed home. Oh, she'd have a laundry list uh, of things to of do, things to, to do, to not do, Dude. to never think of doing like, mm. but versus you, it's like, you kind of got to figure it out yeah. and like decide. And that's and, why I asked the decision-making mm. thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, very good segue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I, because I had been like, you can do this and you can't do this. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's laid out for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So as long as I follow those rules, mm -hmm. I'm in good standing. Mm -hmm. Now I'm in an environment. I'm supposed to be an adult. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Who creates the rules? <laughs> it's, and how do I know I'm following them? But you know, you know, we're not trying to jump too much, but it's hitting a, a chord in a way. But that really affects your relationship when dating or finding somebody. Absolutely. With all these things that, because I realized because of my lack of structure when it comes to what you shouldn't do. And, mm. and I felt like I made my own decisions. When, I, when it comes to relationship, I kind of felt like the same way. I mm. make my own decisions. Who, who, are, who are you kind of to tell me mm. what and what I shouldn't do? Which is a growth thing that happened over periods of relationships. But if I learned that early on, maybe it wouldn't be relationships. I probably would have learned many. But I'm glad that there were relationships to be where I am now. Yeah. But at the same time. There is things that you learn based on, I guess, previous behaviors of, you know, in the parent structure mm -hmm. that you feel the need of the, continuing these behaviors in adulthood. I don't know if that makes sense. It it does. It does make sense. And I don't want to segue into a relation in the dating yet. Oh, no, I yet. wasn't. I was yet. actually going to ask Gigi a question after you. Now that you've explained that is. Mm -hmm. I know you mentioned like the decision making, not necessarily related to relationships, but the question that you were asking, like who's making the rules? When did you, I guess when it, in your early college history, did you finally begin to realize, okay, this is right or this is wrong because Gigi now knows that. Like how did, what were those examples or situations where you finally understood your process of decision making? Mm. That's a good question. Um, so one of the things that happened upon moving out was like, you said you found Christ. Mm. Well, he found me. Sorry guys. I mean, yeah, he found you. He was waiting for you. I know. But, um, <laughs> I had, I, it's not like I lost Christ, but mm. I went through a period where now that I had to figure out what I wanted to do. One of the first things that started to not match my home life was my church going. Mm. Like I came to Orlando and I was like, okay, I need to find a church. And so I, I started going to Haitian churches. It, 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 well, they were all far, like off in the West side. I didn't have a car. So that was like an inconvenience. And then people would invite me to non-denominational churches and I was totally uncomfortable with the setup. Mm. Like people dressed casually, <laughs> yeah. the way praise and worship was set up. I didn't even realize things of like hearing a sermon in Creole and hearing a sermon, sermon in English just didn't hit the same. Mm. Or the 
pastoring styles and, and, and things of that nature. And so because that made me, there was one time I went to a service at the college campus and they were joking during <laughs> praise and worship. That's a culture shock. <laughs> I, I've experienced that. I was like, you like no sir <laughs> <laughs> and so i i used and now i see that i used the excuse of being uncomfortable mm. to justify my decision to stop going to church oh. so that was one of the big i'm an adult decisions that i made that was not like coinciding with my my upbringing got you in terms of like what can i do what can i cannot do i really was at the time using people around me to kind of determine what mm. made sense. Mm -hmm. Like one of the things that was like shocking for me was when I wasn't doing as well academically, cause I was always the straight A student mm -hmm. and I got to college and I wasn't a straight A student. I felt very lost in my identity. Wow. And so it was just this very much like, Oh, I guess they try this. I'm going to try this too. Nothing crazy. Nothing like, oh my gosh, horrible. <laughs> right, right. But it was this very like, I felt really bothered that the people around me felt very sure of who they are and what mm -hmm. they like. And, and, I, and I, I just didn't have that. I didn't have a friend group really. Mm -hmm. I didn't have like solid interests. Everything I leading up to this point was me trying to do things to please my parents mm. and now that was gone i was i was kind of like what am i doing man that's a great point but before we go into that we got to take the conversation to the next level before we do that we're going to take a quick praise on me praise break like for example we're going to take a praise break i'll be right back This is exactly my experience. Right. <laughs> like in every Haitian church, because I don't, I'm yeah. not. Yeah, Leona, during the break, you mentioned that you've never been to a Haitian church. I have, okay, so let well, me Well, you have, but that. you never was a religious goer to a Correct. Haitian church. Correct. In, in my early days, you know, in general, my parents are Catholic or, mm. you know, that's what they would practice. Um, I would be drugged to church with my mom. Mm. Very huge communication barrier. Don't know what's what they're saying. I'm just here as a body, um, mm. you know, at this point. And they do the singing and everyone's having a great time. I've heard that song many a times. Have I ever taken the time to listen to the words? No. Ooh, yes. um, but this has been my experience. What, what just happened here, <laughs> what you just witnessed, if you're viewing, <laughs> I've always been like, 
I don't know the words. I, yeah. I, I can't really participate. I don't mm. really feel it. Um, and again, that's just part of my, you know, not being a part of that part of Haitian culture, I guess. Mm. Uh, you know, I mean, like missing out on that piece that seems so common when I run into other Haitians mm. and things like that, especially at the mill- millennials, especially. Like, that's, that's where I was going to go. Because we can yeah. relate to this song. We can relate to all the church songs that we grew up on. Yeah. Do we still sing them? Do we still, like, you know, go to churches that play these songs? For me, it's a no. As you mentioned, you had a disconnect, right? Mm-hmm. Because you went to churches and it wasn't the same mm-hmm. that you grew up on. Me, I was looking for something different. Oh, okay. Oh. I was, my dad's a pastor now. You're a PK. Yeah. Mm. So I was at church every <laughs> Sunday in the morning, in the evening. I would go to church on Wednesdays, mm-hmm. sometimes Thursdays. Saturday. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, a lot of church time. And I would just only love the patties there um, <laughs> and and the food. I do enjoy those. Like I, I can't wait. When the pastor was preaching, I was the kid that was outside um, <laughs> talking to my friends. What the pastor was preaching, um, we couldn't wait till this praise and singing start because the the gumwon is just focused on the pastor. They don't care what else you do. Like soon as the pastor start preaching. They don't care what the kids do, unless you're a really young kid. But if you got to the age, you know, you could just go outside. And we'll just be talking about what we're going to do the next week, basketball, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that was that was my thing. And I felt like I was having a disconnect because at, I don't want to make it a church thing, but um, I was having a disconnect because I didn't know. They didn't give me enough answers. Mm-hmm. So I would go to Sunday school and I would want to learn more. Of course, they would tell me to go read my Bible, but I just need some guidance. You're right in front of me. I'm asking you a question um, based on what you taught me. You taught me a, a Sunday school lesson. lesson. I have questions. And I have about questions the about the lesson, but it was told to me that you shouldn't question it. Mm. I wasn't questioning it because I didn't believe in it. I was questioning it because I wanted to know more. I wanted mm. to get... But I couldn't express that at a young age. So when I wasn't getting answers, you got discouraged. I got discouraged and frustrated. And I would like laugh at them. How are you teaching? Mm. Like I, I was coming from that standpoint right. as a youth. And and my fall off with the Haitian church and the Haitian way of, you know, conducting church um left me when I started understanding a lot more. So I created a group <laughs> to sing at church. So it was four of us. I don't know how I became the lead, but I was the okay, lead person what? to create the finest songs to know and go perform. Man so we of did many talents. We actually <laughs> we actually did a tour um, and we went to different churches in Lakeland and Winter Haven, um, just going singing and doing talent shows. And we kind of won a few things. Um, and because I was I was so caught up in the structure of building something and create giving people a show, like we would get dressed up in different clothing, we would just do a whole show. I would go and oh my god. Um, I'm going too deep into this But I would create songs I would, Like if I, we had this song I would put that song in And I would switch the song automatically Within my recordings That I did with my computer And then Because I knew computers back then So I would literally have a track That we perform Without any stoppage Like you don't have to go to the next song We'll have all the songs lined up But we'll Perform each song And somebody will be the lead singer To each song And we mm. do like a whole show But nobody was really doing that at the time So we kind of won everything But Within that lane i started to say oh how far can i take this you know and i Mm -hmm. wanted to learn more about churches and learning more about how can i 
get involved in this more. And then I had more questions, mm-hmm. but they didn't see the correlation of the two. They didn't see that I was really interested in, um, you know, getting into the the mm. field of of being involved in church. Right. And that's why I want to know more. They saw it as like, oh, this are just yeah. pose the question, mm-hmm. the question, stuff like that. Maybe I didn't go about the best way when I asked my questions. Maybe. I would say as a youth, maybe I didn't. I didn't go ask the questions like, oh, what? I was like, so how come this, 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 in a way of finding answers? Maybe I was being a bit too direct, right? Yeah. Which I could take blame for that as an adult. Right. Uh, but eventually I started to tap into my singing and performing thing and took it outside of church. Why the air cool? Because, because I don't think I was, we were doing it at a high level. I think we were just learning it, right? That's why I meant like singing. Oh, and okay. So like, so when we, when I started to see the talent of all four, so we actually started a rap group, right? Ooh. So I, I'm not, I'm not saying that the church pushed us out, but it kind of did because we were trying to go in deeper into the church, but we didn't get what we wanted. So we was like, oh, if we could do music here. Well, the next thing is somebody, we try to be like Lil Wayne or something. And then we started, <laughs> we started like going and we, you know, we, went away from the Haitian church mm. and now I don't go to Haitian churches because all day I'm trying to figure out how I feel like I feel like a blind leading a blind in a way because they are not from what I've learned Haitian a lot of Haitian churches may be different so if you're a listener you go to a Haitian church which is more progressive more power to you right. but however I have not been in that space where um the Creole services and the French services the way they structure their churches haven't been progressive for me where when I go to church and I listen to a pastor preaching, I get a sermon that relates to me. So mm-hmm. I, I, I now go to TKC online, right? The Kingdom Church online. And the pastor, Pastor David Jacques, if I'm not saying, if I'm saying his last name right. Um, but he preaches in a way where I could relate, right? Mm-hmm. And when I hear a sermon, he relates to real life in a way where I get it. Like I understand the, stru- the, the scripture and the, the correlation to what God wants me to hear, right? Mm-hmm. I felt like when I go to Haitian church, they preach out of the Bible and they stay there. <laughs> like, and mm. they always referring to job and, um, you know, mauvais esprit of you. There's always a negative. It's always, you need to do this to get rid of that. I, I see what you mean. I don't think I have demons in my, <laughs> in my family or in my past or I don't think I'm battling job every day. That's in my opinion, mm-hmm. I don't think that's what I'm doing. Mm-mm. So if you're preaching about battling jobs, you might be casting jobs on me mm-hmm. because I don't think I have jobs. So if, I, if you think I'm fighting jobs, I don't think I want to hear that sermon right now because I'm not fighting jobs. And if I'm going to church and that's what they keep talking about, not saying that's every time, but that's what I commonly see. And that's what, even when I went to Haiti recently, that's what the churches seem to be fighting, not necessarily be here how did this get to church? I'm so no, 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 this is very relevant because it is still connected to decision making. And yes. that's where you were. That's where you initially came from. Yeah. It's like you're making the yeah. decision. Yeah. Um, and, and I want to talk about how you are. So you've been in, engulfed enough in the um, Haitian pieces of church that mm. you can make that comparison. You're like, it's either this or that there. But I was looking for more of my questions to be answered in a connection here, Mm -hmm. which is a decision you made. You're like, okay, well, Mm -hmm. if I'm not getting this here, and again, not like you said, not that you were pushed out, but like, okay, I'm going to go in search of something that I know that I can understand and relate a little bit more to, Mm -hmm. which is ultimately what you were, what you, what you did, Mm -hmm. which is like, 
that level of decision making that even Gigi was talking about. She's like, one thing that wasn't connected was her church. That was something she made an excuse for, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. you know. As an adult, we're accepting, we're accepting what we did. Yeah. We're accepting what we did. You know, you made that decision and it was misaligned. So then, of course, in your adulthood, you are now back to the alignment that you know is best for you and your relationship with Christ. And then you go into Mark, it's like, I made this decision then where it might have seemed like I got, you know, pushed out or cast out or something or to the side, excuse me. You're still making that decision that even now as an adult, you're like, I go to TKC Mm -hmm. and this is what I'm still trying to do. And I'm acknowledging that I may not have gone about my questioning the right way, Mm -hmm. but I still had those questions. Mm -hmm. And you made the decision to continue asking those questions to where you have some answers now. Could you imagine if you just stop? Yeah, that's true. Like, that's the that's the thing. Sometimes like. Think about if Mark just, if you just decided to stop and you didn't tap into the singing or the music or the, like, it's a domino effect somewhere, yeah. you know? So. Yeah. In my field, I think I pay attention to a lot more audio than other people do because of that music See? background mm-hmm. that I have. Um, I didn't know that about you. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> we was, all learned together. I'm going to say, I'm going to say this and and. I hope that this is a platform where people could be transparent and also not be judged for it. Yeah. So I'm going to say this. Um, speaking about leaving the house, I know some people get kicked out the house, right? There's yes. a, there's, a yes. there's also that parallel of anybody there listening. Is. Their parents could have kicked you out the house or sent you to Haiti. There's yeah. <laughs> different ways of, of being kicked out of the house. So the funny thing is you mentioned, I think, before we potted or um, some other time about my earrings, right? So... My earrings are a point. It sounds crazy. And that might be. So fun fact, y'all. Mark's ears are pierced. <laughs> people, if you didn't know. People case. know that. But Headphones. it was a point. I made a point. I'm, I got my ears pierced. Although I do like, you know, sometimes the type of earrings and maybe the stylish aspect of it. But I really got it to make a point to my father. It sounds so bad. It sounds so bad. But I'm going to tell you why. So my, my dad, as a preacher, I don't take away from his belief systems, right? Of course. Because I believe when you grow up in a culture, you you kind of like get these belief systems. So in Haiti, as Haitians, we know that whatever you do to your body and certain things, your body of Christ and anything that you do to it mm-hmm. and their belief is tainting that body. You're not yeah. really living in the path of Christ. If you're you pierce your honor, ears, you get honoring. Yeah, you're honoring. It goes straight my to dad, Leviticus. Yeah, mm-hmm. my, my, my dad <laughs> believes that if you have dreads, uh, Satan lives in there. There's a lot of things that he believes. Like, I don't know. I'm not disqualifying his belief system. But one day I said, yeah, get my ears pierced. He was like, well, if you get your ears pierced, you're leaving. I'm kicking you out of the house. Mm. But I had to, I had a conversation with him. I was like, what, what happens when I get my ears pierced? Like, oh, we don't look more. If I got more, I was like, No. I'm still going to be the same <laughs> if I put a hole in my yeah. ear. I'm going to be the same person yesterday. Mm-hmm. When I get my ears pierced, I'm going to be the same person. My character doesn't change. My appearance does. My character or my belief system doesn't change. Mm-hmm. So he says, no. If you get your ears pierced, so I was like, okay. I'm going to get my ears pierced. And you're going to see, I'm going to be the same son you had right, yesterday. Right. He was like, no. So you get your ears pierced, I'm kicking you out of the house. Okay. So... Out of, it, out of just proving a point, <laughs> you did it, I went and, and I kind of made um, somebody else believe that I did it, you know, for them. 
stuff like that. But it wasn't. I did it from uh, But it's 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 part of it's part of just a, a thing. You know, right. if, I think if you put too much context in things, it just mm. yeah. You yeah, give yeah. too much information yeah. that no really there's no need for it. So I did it and then um no my dad seen it. At the time, I don't think I had to live at home. I think I was at home. I think either from a transition or something like that. But I was there, but I did it in nothing. We still haven't had the conversation about mm. whether I'm a changed person. No, I probably became a better son. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I believe that in maturity, until this day, I don't know if my dad thinks about this. Because when I went to Haiti and I went around other people, I took it off, right? Ooh. And sometimes I felt why, like... Why did you take it off? I took it off because I didn't want the... Attention to be on me. My grandfather passed away while I was in Haiti, and I was at the funeral aspect. And people who haven't seen me in years, I think if they see me with earrings, like, oh my! I think the attention would be too much on I, me. I we're this. I'm putting a pin in that. I thought it'd be like, not, it's not about me. Although y'all mm. haven't seen me in years, I'm just here to mourn my grandfather. Right. Come to the funeral, right. take the stuff out of me. But when I went at the Port-au-Prince, I put it back in. It was mm. just in that country. I know at times, and I don't want to you know, say that people in the country are not as advanced, but at times they're not. Yeah. They kind of, their education has given to them and what they see around them is what they believe. So anything else maybe of, of other sorts, maybe have different meanings to them, which I think is subjective. Something that have meanings to you may not have the same meaning to me. And I don't think it's a, it's a, like a, a copy and paste thing. If you pierce your ears, I pierce my ears. We have the same beliefs. It's right. Not it's, really not, it's, it not it's not true. It's not true. And that's um, in my opinion. I think everybody does certain things for different reasons. Um, like I could mm-hmm. have a tattoo, and you have a tattoo doesn't mean that my tattoo means the same to yeah. me as it does to you. Same act, but not the same meaning. In my opinion, and I, agree. I don't want to get too deep in that. No, I, I agree. And again, you're 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 highlighting what Gigi's saying. The decision making. Yeah. It's like okay, I chose to take these off here. For this reason, um, and I mean, you made that decision because of your past and, and what you know. And I think mm-hmm. that the decision making conversation outside of a Haitian household is varied. Like it, it nah, really it's, gets it's deep. It's deep because I, I I don't know how I I not me asking Gigi that question. I didn't even know how to answer it myself. I was like, I don't know. She yeah, ask me. I don't it was know. a hard. It was a hard because I feel like we're all communicating in some way a, a stage of rebellion. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which, I mean, I think it goes into becoming an adult. You have to figure out who you are. Mm-hmm. And um, that can come across as rebellious. But I think, like, Haitian millennials or Haitians in general, mm-hmm. especially here in the U.S., just go through this rebellious phase. Mm-hmm. And it comes out in different ways. Like, for markets, getting his ears pierced just to prove a point. Mm-hmm. Leona, you... You could probably list a variety of ways. <laughs> variety. Of ways I did that. Started. What Mark did. Oh, right. I, I did the same thing with the ears. I went and got my second hole and I came home that day. I got it and I woke my mom up out of her bed and I was like, mom, look. And I showed her what I did. And then and I went to sleep. I mean, I'll, I'll keep my stuff to myself. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Uh, it's all part of those growing pains. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Those growing pains. I think I what I think is interesting because we we touched on a lot of topics like the Haitian church and then um like just decision making, being kicked out the house, staying at home. Mm-hmm. I feel like something that I've noticed people complain about in terms of being Haitian is the way certain aspects of our culture just doesn't evolve. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Like there was a point where if you had a body piercing, which is considered body modification, then you were you were communicating something about yourself. Mm-hmm. And there's a variety of meanings depending on the culture or setting, right. right? Right. But now if you talk about the modern day like definition of a piercing, it's literally just jewelry. Jewelry. That's it. It's body adornment. It's yeah. just expression, it. right? Mm-hmm. How does that definition be here yet there's still so many people with mm. a definition that's like going into victorian area mm. era what, what, what is the, um, there. what is the <laughs> what is the <laughs> what is the um is there a progression in 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 that mindset or is it like it just has to phase out like what I'm talking about, or yeah, like with, with I think parents, it has to. Fa- I think it has to phase out. Mm. Okay. I, I think I I think it has to phase out. And I'm just gonna stick with the um, piercing concept, mm. and this is strictly in the Haitian community. Is that what we're yeah. speaking about? Okay. Yeah. Um, I would say it has to phase out, and I think that that's beginning with the millennial parenting. So, um, mm. I feel like getting a piercing back then is literally you know, a story of, of someone listening right now who got kicked out of their house. Mm-hmm. Like that is a very real thing or someone who had dreads and got kicked out of their home. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think it's something that just has to be done away with. There shouldn't, or there can't be a policing of your character based on what you look like. Mm-hmm. And we've dealt with that in society just as black individuals what you look like is not a determinant of your character and your in the quality of the person that you are. So I think that to Mark's point, if Haitian parents took more time to really understand their children and who they are and who they say they have raised, they would realize that this one or two things like an earring would it make you different from yesterday. I don't think it's going to phase out quickly oh no not at all and i don't i don't even think it's a parent thing i I think it's a reaction to society Mm. it goes back to what i said in the episode 16 as long as there's examples of like let's use the dread thing like if there is somebody out there with dreads that's acting demonic right now it's correlated what about those with regular haircuts who act demonic I mean, then there's something else. No, but that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's saying, the point I'm saying. There will always be, <laughs> yes. like, the, the person with dreads who's, and I mean, More highlighted. Not, but like, I think that we have to decide on what's worse because <laughs> we can't, that's what I'm saying. There can't be policing on, on those type of but things. But that's what humans do. Oh, co- absolutely. I but, think Haitians would do it worse, but humans Yes, yes we do. Absolutely. We do. As a society, we definitely do that. And I am definitely guilty. But what I'm saying is it would it needs to be something that over time, maybe it evolves. I don't know. But I'd like to see it done away with. I'd like to look at someone and not immediately have a preconceived prejudice or whatever towards you. And I know that's a large ask. Very big ask. I have a thing. I have a thing. <laughs> Sorry. I'm not trying to make any light of this. But if I ever got kicked out of my parents for dreads or for earrings, I'm not leaving. <laughs> like, but that's... I am not leaving. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Has anybody ever sent some pushback or they actually wanted to leave? Because let, let me just say something. If I seen somebody, like if I had dreads and my dad sees me and said, oh, I'm going to the camera. Uh-oh. I'm going to do it. <laughs> I would go in the house. Okay, here's the thing. 
if my parents just go crazy and do crazy things and get out of hand, I think that's a that's a that's a clear indication of their character. Right. I don't think I have to like. I it, it, this is wait, 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 yeah. before I before I finish. That's me personally. Yeah. Right. Somebody that goes and get kicked out of the house and goes says, "Oh man, I'm homeless. Now. My parents kicked me out of the house because I had dreads." I don't think they want to push back. I, I'm not saying they're not gonna push back, but I think at this point it's like, oh, I kind of, I'm kind of out here now. I'm gonna kind of make it do what it do. It like m- I'm gonna hustle, grind, so I can mm-hmm. prove my parents wrong, mm-hmm. and that what they did to me was wrong. But I felt like if tomorrow they go back home and say that I got the dreads, I'm sorry. All right, this is how we're gonna get past this. We're gonna have a conversation. You know, I don't think you should let me in now, but we're gonna work into. Building a relationship again so I can come back in the house. Right? I, see, I see what you mean. I, that could be the ideal. I see what very you're mature, saying. Very mature, very mature thing. But I think a lot of cases, it's like, oh, you kick me out the house, I'm going to show you. Which, nothing wrong with it. But I think you really could, could have done a little pushback. A little pushback to your parents. And maybe. Go ahead, Gigi. Deep I have, inside. I have a point they would. That. They would. Forget. I'm not saying it's going to happen all the time. Right. This is just from my perspective. But I wait. think if I push back a little bit, my parents would somehow be like, Okay, Mark, just right, they would right, have changed right, the right. rules, but I think I would still be able to have a home instead of like having to really make it out. Yeah, the most. wait a minute. Gigi, is your point positive or negative? And I know that's a weird question to ask because I know mine is negative. That's why I'm asking. <laughs> okay. If it's positive, I want you to end and I'll go first, but that's why I'm just asking. I don't want to okay, say. Okay, I think, I think I can make it positive. Wait, right. no, no, this is my first thing. All right, all right, Leona, go. No, okay, no, no. okay, I totally understand. Like, and again, reiterating, not making light of the situation at all, but no. I understand what you're saying, but mm-hmm. I feel like the reality mm-hmm. of being kicked out and having nowhere to go. Mm-hmm changes your mindset like yeah, you don't your 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 first thought isn't okay i'm gonna go i'm gonna try to make amends not uh-huh. amends but like i'm gonna try to uh-huh. make amends with my parents no now i'm you really yeah. kicked me out yep. because of this mm-hmm. like that's when you begin and and again i'm gonna throw words like you know you begin to be spiteful you're mm-hmm. upset you're angry you know like you become desensitized like, <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> like and, and and i think that that's something that and yeah. i and anyone watching listening mm-hmm. Has truly experienced exactly, and again, this is not like a triggering type of thing, but it's Mm -hmm. just like no, somebody's gonna be triggered, and we apologize. Absolutely, it's just it's just like once certain things happen, Mm -hmm. because I'm gonna be honest with you, if I got my tattoo. And, and, and my mom has had, had said many negative things about the tattoos I have on my body already. I'm gonna tell you that right now, even as an adult, she still makes comments Mm -hmm. as a child. Not as a child, but as a young adult. And that's Mm -hmm. the point of this conversation here. Fresh out, going into the college realm, like Mm -hmm. beginning of adulthood. Mm -hmm. If my mother made a decision to close her doors to me Mm -hmm. because of that, I'm telling you right now, I'd be a different person today. Yeah. And and I agree. I'd be a different person today. I don't know if it'd be better or worse. Mm -hmm. I know that would do something to me Mm -hmm. that would make me not who I am today. Mm -hmm. There's a way, Mark, you were raised... That, like, even if that was put on the table, you, you've you been modeled that that's not, like, a real, 
I don't consequence. Like, like I don't know. Yeah, like, yeah, I get it. That's like, I don't think they're serious. They're not yeah. serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, some people they are. That's yeah, are serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, I've seen it. I've seen it on Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I think what I think what a lot of like Haitian adults don't realize because they're still harboring a lot of like anger mm-hmm. and a trauma from those experiences. Yeah, was that. I'm going to kick you out was your parents last attempt at a control move mm-hmm. at a, a last attempt of exerting power. Mm-hmm. And I personally believe that there isn't a Haitian parent, like the whole concept of being kicked out. I feel like is a foreign, like for you to actually be kicked out is just like this really not common thing in the Haitian community to me. I don't think it's natural because mm-hmm. No, listen, because it's so normal mm. for someone to be well into their 30s, and 40s, and to be home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so then to for it to go to the where you needed to be kicked out, mm-hmm. you really, there was a, a challenge in the belief system mm-hmm. that was just not, it was not coinciding. And so one party had to give way. Yes. It was either you were going to cut your dreads mm-hmm. or I, I don't know what about the tattoo, but <laughs> <laughs> cover it. <laughs> Right. And never get another one or your parents were just going to have to learn to live with it. And I have I I I ha, I know people who were kicked out of their homes. And I mean like for minimal offenses. Like and and I think that we also have to realize that I don't know how privy the Haitian culture is to mistakes in, as a young adult. Like mm-hmm. I understand like and I, and these are not mistakes like going to jail. Like I don't want to say they're mistakes cuz that's not always how it it sums up as, but like the, the normal things that people would say, will get you in trouble. Obviously having a kid, boyfriend, getting in trouble, going to jail, things like that. You're like, Oh, get out of my house. You're a troublemaker. Da, da, da. That seems normal. But there are those instances where someone at the age of, let's say 17 through 20, 21 cannot understand why their parent decided to separate ways with them because of just this. Yeah. And it's unfortunate, but it's a reality that some people have. And they still, like you said, Gigi, even as adults are processing because maybe they have made the 180 or excuse me, the 360 where they're back in communication with their parents, where they're back in trying to uh, remediate and, you know, kind of build that relationship again. But at the end of the day, they still think of that. Yeah. And it's hard for them to move past that. It, it may seem foreign to the majority, but there is a major a minority out there that this is their reality and it's crazy. Why don't churches preach that? Preach what? That redemption. I think so. I'm. I was gonna say this when you were talking about Haitian church. Mm-hmm. I think Haitian churches use that terminology is used too broadly, mm-hmm. and I think there's specific thing that what term broadly like just Haitian church mm-hmm. because okay. people be like, oh yeah, Haitian church, but they're literally including Catholics, mm-hmm. Protestants, and then mm-hmm. all the breakdowns within Protestant. And I don't think that's necessarily fair. The term Haitian church, mm-hmm. I think, is used too broadly. Mm-hmm. And I think it just needs to be, like, specified. Because, again, if you're saying Haitian church, you're including mm-hmm. the Catholic mm-hmm. church and then Protestant, which then breaks down into, like, 30-plus mm-hmm. different denominations. Mm-hmm. And then, like, what people have experienced is their like the church is always going to have issues because the church is filled with sinners. Mm-hmm. We're just, we're just always going to have conflict. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Then there's the like 
cultural piece. And when I, I when I hear someone says issue with Haitian church, I hope they're getting on the cultural piece that happens. Because mm-hmm. when you put the cultural plus the like the issues of just dealing with people and then all the like rules and structures and all that other stuff and that that whole I think that's Haitian church. Mm-hmm. And because you can talk to someone and they'll be like Oh, yeah, church stuff. And you'll be like, oh, that's like my Haitian church. And so you have to make sure you're clear. Mm-hmm. Like for you, Mark, the I asked a question and I got met back with I'm being disrespectful. Mm-hmm. Could be interpreted as a church thing, but I think that's a cultural thing because mm-hmm. children are not supposed to question in the first place. Got you. In the They're culture. to be seen, okay. not heard which also coincides with what can be interpreted in the bible Mm. i said some i told someone like being haitian and then having the bible can be like it can be really messy Mm -hmm. because boy some things just be like oh we think tattoos are demonic leviticus look justification yeah exactly and then it becomes this hot mess and so i Mm. think people need to be mindful that like our culture is not supposed to be involved in our relationship with god Mm. Mm. that's that's a good like you have to be able to separate your cultural stuff with your relationship with god and if you can't do that then you're not like so could you say the haitians are the the most churchiest by culture no Mm. i think black people are very churchy Mm. i think there's a lot of religions that are churchy because i if y'all have if y'all seen South Korean Christians, mm. oh, mm. Google that. Like, <laughs> mm. But um, no, I think because we're already, a, we're a culture that's really strong on tradition. Mm-hmm. We like order. Could mm-hmm. those traditions be really derived from the Christian traditions? I mean, the, the church tradition. Yeah, I think it's a combination. Mm. I think it's like, you know. What was we, your question? Go ahead. No, what was your question again, Mark? Could it I be? was saying, could it be that the Haitian traditions okay. are truly rooted in the Christian traditions, which is why we are so like involved into how things are done and how we react. To I think it's I think it's colonialism. Uh, so in the few, in the few experiences that I've had at Haitian churches, I've seen it very much so preached Old Testament. And the Old Testament is what Gigi described, order, structure, uh, justice, punishment, um, you know, those things. That's what I was saying is that it clear (laughs) relations to how we do things outside the church. But I would say no, because that's not fully the Bible. Mm-hmm. Because the New Testament mm-hmm. is grace, forgiveness, love. Yeah, we're you know? We don't operate on that. We don't that. operate yeah. in that. You just decode. So that's the point I was trying to make. It's like if we're saying that it's direct. I mean, and I understand your point, but I just think that like, are they covering the totality of the scripture? No, because the New, New Testament is literally an outpour overflow of grace, forgiveness, mercy, and like just understanding that confession mm. above all things, which I know is limited in the Haitian community. I don't know how has anybody. Yeah. Confession is <laughs> not a thing, but that's what I'm saying. But culturally, if you eat, when you're around Haitians that are not Christian, they still follow a lot of those same. That's what I meant. Tradi- that's yeah. what I'm saying. It's a cultural thing. Mm. I think there's a way that we like our, as our culture has developed over time that we pride ourselves on certain things. I see. And then the Christianity just fits in so perfectly. I see. It just, I see. It's like, it's like uh, you know, our 
like alibi, I guess you would say. Like, I say this because. Yeah. It's like the excuse for me. Like, yeah, no, I do this because of this and this is why. Okay. I can see that. Oof, we walk in thin lines because we haven't even discussed <laughs> the introduction to real world or social world listen and season two is we, coming we in gotta hot. get we yeah. gotta get into dating because we talk about cuffing season but i think dating i was told not to have friends that's what i mean <laughs> that's what i mean so so as soon as you leave in that adulthood world and you there now and you see people around you having dating partners mm. now it, it kind of like pressure you into having a dating life because in season one we talked about that Gigi Zomers, oh, yeah. you know, you know, you're not supposed to have those. Not so to have those. boyfriend, girlfriend, but you're hey. supposed to have a husband. <laughs> it's just supposed to happen. It's just supposed to like you single, and then boom, married. <laughs> in that order. Oh um, my goodness! All right, I think we gave him enough. Do you guys think we should continue? No, this conversation is never gonna be. Done. I know we hot. We gotta we gotta turn eighteen. I think so. I want to say this because I've seen this on Twitter, especially Haitian Twitter, where there's like this movement of like um, we as a community need to stop blaming our parents mm -hmm. for everything. Or though I'll see people be like, I had a great relationship with my parents. Y'all are tripping. Mm -hmm. Again, just because you had something doesn't mean everyone had something. And I mean yeah. that for both sides. And that's why we need to stop doing. And that's why the social media and the Haitian culture is doing to us. Yeah. yeah. Your truth is our truth. But that's why in this pod, even mm -hmm. today, I mentioned, I'm like, this is not a blame game. No. We, as adults, all three of us acknowledge something that we did. We have to take ownership. We took ownership and we're saying, hey, these are practical steps. And we will discuss in other pods, too, on how to, you know, shift the thinking, at least be curious like Mark has been like how do we do this how do we do that so that way we can stop that kind of just blaming or throwing it one way or, or another but really understanding the whole thing that's my thing because i think at some point and that's why the parent came up because we're now discussing life after high school right the decision yeah. to like whether it was moving out immediately or moving out eventually, mm -hmm. you can't have that conversation without discussing the dynamics with your parents. Exactly. So this wasn't meant to be a parent's podcast. You just can't talk about it without it, like, it coming up. But yeah. I feel like as adults, like if you're in our age range and you're still harboring like anger and resentment and trauma, like I, I, I feel for you. But mm -hmm. I definitely want you to, I want to encourage you to take steps to heal. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can't go on the rest of your life blaming your parents. And that, on that note, we're going to go in and uh, <laughs> end the pod. The way that you transition. <laughs> Listen, I think that's how we end every pod now. We got to have some Listen, sort of like instrumental. Something. To, to let us out. Mm -hmm. Right. You know I mean? The smooth here. Yes. I think this is only right. Yeah. Um, this conversation taught me a lot. I was open to a lot. A lot of y'all know a lot of things that you shouldn't have known. But bye guys, you're Yeah. You're Yeah. Not for me. Yeah. Redo, redo, redo. Redo, redo, redo. But guys, thank you for tuning in to episode 17. Yeah. Um, we have a lot more in stores. This is only the second episode of season two. Right. We got more coming. Mm. I still haven't told y'all about my Haiti trip. Listen. What's mm. coming though? We, we, we gonna have some. It's coming. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you for listening. I'm Mark the Dreamer. I'm Gigi the Realist. And it's your girl, Leona. <laughs> and we are out.
Peace. <laughs>